0: That um, uh, Doug Campbell with Hope Clinic and uh, Peggy Roberts with AAA Pregnancy Center. So, if those two want to come up, you can come on up now. Um, Where are you? There, you are. Okay. Uh, which we're going to be doing in a interview format up here. By the way, I guess I need to do a little furniture moving to be able to make this work. Uh, yeah, there we go. Um, and uh, and we'll get right at that. But. Uh, but first, just as introduction to what this is, last week we began this this three part sermon series on the vision of the church, and we talked about how it's important to uh you know make sure you distinguish the goal from the blessings and that the goal is is to faithfully follow god and part of that we discovered was to um to be a vehicle for blessing that the church would be a vehicle for blessing for the world, meaning that we would do the very thing that uh, was done with Abram, and that is that God would reveal himself through us to other people around us, reveal his character, reveal who he is, reveal his intention for uh, people in their lives. Well, today we've got a couple of mission partners with us. And we've got a number of mission partners here in the church. We've got uh, uh, what's called Send Ministry here, where the intention is to send people out to serve in the world, to bring the good news of Jesus and bless the world. And uh, today uh, we see uh, some of that and and get to hear what God is doing outside of these four walls. So, uh, you know, the kingdom of God is part of this, uh, what we experience here on Sunday morning, and it goes beyond this. So, with these two here today, uh, we're going to be doing this in interview format. We do this once a year, can take a break from our regular sermon format, and just hear what God is doing in these particular ministries. So, as we begin here, uh, Peggy, we will start with you, and uh, if you would just tell us a little bit more about AAA Pregnancy Center. So, the AAA
1: Pregnancy Center is a crisis pregnancy center. We are there to help men and women uh, when they find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy. Uh, many times they're thinking of abortion as their option. And so we are there to um, walk them through the options so that they have informed information. What we, do, what we wanna make sure is if a woman is thinking about abortion, a woman or a man, because we have men there um, to counsel them as well, is that abortion is not an eraser. This woman is pregnant and that's not to be erased. And she is a mother right now. And so regardless, um, she has decisions to make about this pregnancy. And so we carefully walk through her with that. We talk to her about what God says about that. And we love her right where she is. Um, You know, I was, here's the thing about abortion for those of you, that may or may not have been touched um, by it, one in four women will experience an abortion today. And so I was the best friend that took my girlfriend many years ago to um, Planned Parenthood for an abortion. And so the one thing that I know firsthand is that it immediately changes a woman, period. When I saw her eyes directly after Um, I I remember so clearly walking down the hallway in recovery and whatever it was that I saw, and even to this day, I can't exactly name it, but as soon as I saw her eyes, I knew that it was something I could never do, whatever that was. Now, um, there were some consequences to that, but but the thing about it is we're there to help them. So if, if somebody comes to us and they've already had an abortion, then we have counseling for that okay and we are there to love them the way jesus loves us we are not there to judge them we know you know some of these situations about why they choose abortion it makes you wonder so i've had a woman come to me um, one time and she was um, her daughter had gotten pregnant and um, she was a liaison for us through one of the other churches and she said you know my husband and i we were pretty prominent in the church And she says, and I am so pro-life. I know exactly, I'm very pro-life. And then my daughter got pregnant out of wedlock. And she said, and for a split second, I thought maybe abortion was the answer. Because how could she go to her church? And she was worried about what they would think or say, or the, you know, what's everyone gonna think about us? We were supposed to be the go-to people in the church. Right? Everybody went to them for advice. And now what am I going to do? And she said, I'm really ashamed to say I did think about it. One of the, one of the men that came to us, um, and the men counselors was talking to him. And the girlfriend that he got pregnant was the pastor's daughter. And he was the youth pastor of that church. And he said, I can't possibly tell the pastor like, we have to hide this. Well, we know that God is never going to bless something that's hidden, right? He's going to bring it out to light. So, so our counselors are there to help them through this. When it's happening to us, we, um, we can't see, really, the true picture. And so we're there to be that voice for them and to help them through this, this situation. So we're there for the abortion. We're there to, um, for the schools to teach um, abstinence to the schools and we are there um, to help women who have decided to have their baby with our incentive program. They attend classes with us once a month. We give them tokens and, um, and then they can shop in our baby shop and we give them diapers and formula and everything they need for their baby. We teach them God's plan for sexuality and marriage and we teach them um, finances and uh, budgeting, we teach them parenting, we teach them, for those who are new moms, we have um, a program in which we teach them how to care for their infants. Many of these women do not have that role model in their life, and so we're there to help them. What do you do with a crying baby? And that's a real tough thing for those of us who know what to do, but for a mom that doesn't have that experience, so we're there to help her through all of these things. And by the time she leaves our program at the end of three years, that she has connected with God, that she is on a path to raise her children and the next generation to follow our Lord.
0: Amen. And uh, where is AAA located? And and how do do these young women find you?
1: We are uh, in Livonia. We're on Schoolcraft between Merriman and Farmington. Uh, The majority of women find us through word of mouth. We've been around for over 40 years. We were incorporated right after Roe versus Wade um, was decided by our Supreme Court. And um, so word of mouth is the number one. The second is through social services. There's a variety of hospitals and social services that at, over the years um, come to know who we are and what we help, um, how we help them. And so uh, they learn about us through that. And then uh, social media is the other way
2: that they learn about us, majority.
0: All right, thank you. And Doug, uh, tell us about Hope Clinic.
2: So Hope Clinic uh, is this amazing place, actually two amazing places, one is in... I'm going to move this here, um,
0: so this uh, section can see.
2: I thought he was going to start singing, so...
0: (laughs) Sorry about that, man. Church is ending early today. (laughs) Um, So it's
2: two locations. We're in Ypsilanti and in Westland, um, and some of the volunteers at our clinics are here today, uh, and that's why the first thing, even before going into Hope Clinic, is to say thank you to St. Michael's, you all have been phenomenally supportive. I know there's folks who are praying, there are folks who volunteer, Uh, your church supports Hope, and so we are so grateful, we are thankful. Um, And the reason is, is because of who Hope is. Uh, So we are a Christ-focused, prayer-based, Christian witness in providing free healthcare. So for people who don't have insurance, we give free medical care. If you don't have dental insurance, you become a dental patient at Hope, and you sign up and then you get your cleanings twice a year and your emergency care and everything else all free. We have social work. We see over 2,000 clients every year coming through. We provide 8,000 distribution points of food. We have fresh vegetables and uh, uh, fresh fruit. Um, so I avoid that part of the building, um, but we also have a, uh, a place for food distribution. So you come through like a grocery store and you pick the food that you want and like so we're not forcing peanut butter on someone from a place where they would throw up eating that. Uh, so we have rice and beans. We have all kinds of different ways that uh, people are met. Uh, we have hot meals on Saturday night and Sunday nights. Um, so it's this whole way of saying importantly uh, that people are met with dignity when they come through Hope Clinic. So actually, something that we've been talking about at Hope is based on something from a tribe in South Africa, Zulu tribe, that when they greet one another, they say, saw And Sayubona means, I see you. I see you, not who you think you are or from what you've gone through or maybe through a painful experience in life uh, or your job or whatever it is, I see you as a whole person. When the person here saw you, Bona, they respond with saying, I am seen. So so many people who come through our doors are folks who have gone through horrific experiences in life who are living uh, at the poverty level. We have 50% of right around where we are um, are below, 50% are below the poverty level. And they are told time and again, no. And fill out this form and take what you want. You better like it because you know what? That's all you deserve. You know, there's actually kind of thinking and working with people who are poor that don't give them anything too nice because they might just stay there. That's not biblical. We're supposed to give our first fruits. We're supposed to give our best. And so that's why the clinics, we have uh, top-notch medical professionals we have over 400 volunteers a month who come through and serve as medical professionals. We have folks who volunteer in IT and uh, in communications and all kinds of different ways. Uh, but the whole point is that we give that person dignity, health, and hope.
0: How much does it cost to, uh, to be able to serve a patient?
2: So on average, it's about $33 a patient. So we're actually hoping that people will support one patient a month to come through Hope. And to think about it, um, you know, if you've got health insurance right now, I bet you if I did a poll, vast majority here would have health insurance. Think about what your deductible is. Think about what you put into your flex plan every year. Think about all the things that you pay. When you put all your total budget of health and dental, think about what that costs. Now think about if you were living at poverty level. How do you pay for that? So, if we think that people deserve hope and health and healing for 33 bucks, they can come through and, and get that uh, at Hope Clinic in Ipsy and and in Westland. So,
0: uh, in, in this in this day and age of um, of government funded uh, medical care, things like that. There still is a need for Hope Clinic? What what is that? There's
2: still a massive need. So there's folks who qualify. And actually, I should have said, when people first come in our door, the first thing we do with our social workers um, and volunteers who help with screening uh, and intake process is to see if they qualify for Medicaid and they didn't know they did. Or qualify for other programs, Healthy Michigan. There's all kinds of different things. So we'll get them set up with that. Uh, but there's still a massive number who, if they're in between jobs, you know, if you start a new job, you often have to wait minimum 30 days. Sometimes it's 90. Um, we have folks, various situations, that they don't quite qualify, and they also didn't get insurance. Um, so they just don't have it. So there, we still have, and also dental. I mean, we have a, when we open up for new patients in the dental clinic, mm. within 15 minutes we're filled. Hmm. so one of our hopes, I've only been at Hope for four months, um, so I know it all, um, so I'm still, my learning curve is, is still here, but one of the things that I've seen immediately is a need for increase in dental care. Uh, mental health services are hugely lacking, um, so we're actually looking long-term with Hope uh, to develop both of those, expand those in Westland uh, and in Ipsy. I think that was the question. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's great. <laughs> that's great. Maybe, maybe by the fifth month, they'll make you go to the vegetable part of the building, you know. Oh, please, no. Uh, yeah. No, okay. <laughs> no, no, no.
2: I am supposed, We're supposed to model that. That's right. So model good behavior. <laughs> uh,
0: how have you seen God working there at Hope Clinic?
2: Well, it, one of the amazing things about Hope when I first started is someone told me, um, expect miracles. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, expect miracles. They're like, no, really, expect miracles. Uh, it happens. We had cases when they first started, um, Amazing situation where they built up uh, come for a visit by the way We're always setting up people coming on tours. In fact, Shannon was here with her daughter uh, just before Christmas Um, the church here had supported families with uh, Christmas presents adopting a family and when you go through the tour um, and to see firsthand what's happening You will see firsthand how some of these miracles have happened So and doing the tour you'll see that we have eight exam rooms in the ipsy clinic um, and when they first started, we had enough money for three exam tables. You know, when you go into your physician's office and you sit on that awkward thing, and you're not quite—you can't lean back—and you're in the awkward gown, and you sit on the crunchy paper thing. Um, so we had enough money for three of those. Um, that's the technical term, crunchy paper. And they—it uh, they, was a youth group who was doing a tour, and they came through and they said, "Why are those rooms empty when you've got exam tables in those?" And the person at the time said, "Didn't have the money." You know, we're We pray, we ask people, but this is all we had the money for. And it was the youth group that said, well, stop, let's pray for it right now. So the youth group got a circle. They prayed and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, will you please provide for other exam tables? Not making this up. Next day, they get a phone call from a physician's office that said, we're merging with another office. We have five exam tables. Could you use them? Oh, and by the way, we'll pay for them to be installed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: that happens daily uh, just one story to say how God is at work um, in, in a personal situation of a woman who I've gotten to know since I've been at Hope in my long four months um, but her name is Rita and she's open about her story I share her name we would obviously never share stories about what's happening at Hope without their mm-hmm. permission um, and Rita you may have seen on channel 4 6 o'clock news last month uh, we had Evrod Kasimi who does the morning news there, and he had come through Hope and was so amazed by what was happening that he asked for a film crew to come out and interview some of the folks at Hope. So Rita was on the news and shared how they didn't go into depth in this on the news program, Um, but Rita has a heartbreaking story. Um, When she was a child, she was trafficked, sexually trafficked, uh, by her father. this is the heartbreaking kind of stuff. She was actually just, I was just talking to her on Friday um, that right now there's this spike in child trafficking in Southeast Michigan because of the auto show. So she was out last week and she was telling me some of the young girls or young women and girls that she's meeting um, and that she's bringing to Hope for help. Um, so she had been trafficked and what happened is she had never really dealt with it and she ended up getting married and she had two kids um, and then because she had never dealt with this, this heartbreaking life-changing awful experience um, her life imploded she got divorced lost custody of her kids and was living on the couch of a friend um, she had a part-time job uh, but didn't have much of anything she had awful dental pain um, and so a friend said go to Hope Clinic so she showed up and she said she was met with a hug and she got help she got counseling through the social workers she got medical care she got dental care in fact, she since has gotten dental insurance and asked if she could come back because she likes our dentists better. But she said that she was met with dignity and she wasn't seen as just someone who had been trafficked. That wasn't her identity. But she got food that year. She actually got presents for her boys for Christmas that she wouldn't have been able to afford. Today, Rita is a fourth-year social work student at EMU, and she volunteers two days a week at Hope.
0: That's great.
2: That's what's happening Amen. at HOPE. Amen.
0: And uh, just, to, just to take that one step further, she's volunteering there. The doctors, the, the uh, nurses, the, the dentists, uh, people like that, they all volunteer as well?
2: Yeah, so we have about 400 volunteers a month who uh-huh. come through, and uh, we only have one part-time paid physician. Uh-huh. We have a clinical medical director. Uh-huh. All the other physicians are volunteer. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, I always kind of laugh when you go into the clinic room because they've got all their own physician jackets on. And so I I say, look, neither Jew nor Greek nor male nor female nor St. Joe's nor U of M. We're all one in Christ. (laughs) Um, But we also have different – the dentists um, actually are paid for – it's a long story about how it's worked up. But we have a whole bunch of dental offices Uh that volunteer, have days of care. Uh So they actually clear all their own paid patients, and they'll only see our patients for specialties on that day. That happens across southeast Michigan.
0: That's great. All right. Thank you. And Peggy. Yeah, how about, how about you? How have you seen God working at AAA? I
1: share with Doug, you know, um, God is doing some amazing things out there. I know you're talking about um, mission partners that, as I hear what Doug has to say, it's so, so, uh, it sounds so familiar to what we see in the pregnancy center all the time as well. Boy, when you step outside of the church into the ministries that God has you really see him work um, in ways that's one of the things that i love about being part of it is in ways that you don't get to inside of the church i don't know why Um, maybe it's because the people coming in need him so so much but we certainly have that opportunity Um, one of the things that come to my mind um, was uh, several years ago uh, when, well, many years ago when I, when I first came to work for the pregnancy center, um, one of the first clients to come in when I was brand new, there was a woman that came in, and, and back then our program was totally different, and, and we gave to the women what they needed. So if they came in and they needed diapers, we would package it up and give it to them. So that was the program uh, back then. And so, um, so this woman had come in, and she needed diapers and formula. And I went to the back room to find out what we had, and our shelf was empty, and I'm brand new. I don't know, what am, what am I gonna do? And so as I'm walking down the hallway, back into the lobby, and I'm praying with every step, and I said, Lord, how this is a pregnancy center. How in the world do I tell this woman I don't have diapers for her? How do I do that? And I'm praying, and as I get to the lobby, the way the, the building was designed, I could see outside, and a car had pulled up, and the woman came in. And she said, I saw in our church bulletin that you needed diapers and formula. And so I brought these to you. And of course we know they were the exact size diapers that the woman sitting in the lobby needed and the formula that she needed. And so she didn't go empty handed. And so um, we get to see that all the time, Um, again it is all focused around prayer everything is focused around prayer because we can't do what we do without it Um, I did an orientation one time for volunteers and there was a woman um, there and um, she was um, from an Asian country she was not a Christian and so at the end of it she came up to me and she said I'm not Christian and um, so I can't volunteer here but what you do is so great is there a pregnancy center that I could volunteer at that isn't Christian? And I said, you know, I'm really sorry. I said, but you know what? We don't. We couldn't do what we do without Christ. There are no pregnancy centers that are not Christian. And so, um, and that's the truth of it. That is the truth of it. Um, one woman that comes to mind was has to do with the ultrasound. And it was so provident because she was so adamant that she was gonna have this abortion. And she didn't, um, she didn't really care what we had to say. She wouldn't look at the monitor when she came in for that ultrasound. And our nurse manager, uh, after she had spoke with her, asked her if she could pray with her. And the woman said, no, but you can pray for me. Pray that God forgives me after I have this abortion. And so our nurse manager said, I will pray for you. I will pray for you. And if anything changes, I want you to call us and I want you to come back and see us. And so she gave her her card and this woman did. She came back two weeks later. She called our nurse manager and they came in. And the center was closed at the time and the woman was just blown away that that they would open the center and come in just for her. You were saying, Doug, you know, to see them. and. And that's what this woman felt. And so uh, they did the ultrasound and this time she looked at the screen. And when she saw the screen, the tears just came pouring from her eyes. And she said, I can't believe I was going to kill my baby. And so this is all God's work because there is no power in the words that we have. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. We can't change a woman's mind. We can just be what he calls us to be and to say what what he calls us to say. Another quick story, we had a young girl come in several years ago and I'll never forget her. She was 15 at the time that I spoke with her and her mother had brought her. And um, her mother was waiting in the lobby and I went in with her and was speaking with her. And I asked her, I said, at what age did you become sexually active? And she said, 12. 12 is a baby. That is a baby. And so I said to her, and so why? And she said, well, because the girls around me were doing it, and so I just did. And I said, and so how did you feel? And the tears just came pouring out. And and so for the first time, she realized, oh my gosh, this is what I feel like. And so... Her mom, and so as I'm talking with her, I asked her if I could pray with her. And she said, um, and she allowed me to pray with her. So we prayed, and I found out after they left that her mother's prayer all the way there, this is a young girl who was trying to find her way back. And so her mom brought her there for the pregnancy test. It was negative, but um, her mom had said, just someone, Lord, please pray with her. And so God is at work. In these ministries outside, outside of the church. It's uh-huh. beautiful to see.
0: Wow. Becky, how, how did you <clears throat> get involved with this ministry and why, why did you get involved?
1: Um, well, the, uh, I will say I heard you t- speak about Send, and the mm-hmm. funny thing was when I first came t- to the center, I interviewed with Send. <laughs> That's, mm-hmm. and, and they actually led me over to the pregnancy center. Um, I, I wish I could say, you know. I wish I could say that, that um, because of my girlfriend, I knew myself well enough to know that I needed information on this and I needed um, healing about taking her for her abortion and all that, but that isn't the case. Um, God really called me into this into this ministry. He had prepared me for years in advance for this ministry, and once I got here and realized the pain and the hurt and all that women are going through. You know, one of the things that we don't realize in our lives um, is that when we, you know, we have family around us, we have friends. When we get pregnant and we go have our baby, we have people that care. We have people sitting in the lobby waiting for that baby to be born. We have people by their phones, right? Mm -hmm. They're waiting to hear, is it a girl or a boy? Is everybody okay? We've got people that care about this baby that isn't even Mm -hmm. born yet. And one of the things that I learned after coming to the center was these women go into emergency and there's nobody there. Nobody cares that they just delivered a baby. Nobody's there when they get home that's going to help them. They're there all by themselves. And in many cases, they just have to find a way to get home because they don't really have the car seat to get the baby home. And now the hospital doesn't let them. So, um, So... (laughs) the question. <laughs> oh,
0: absolutely. Well, yes, yes. I, I mean, I, I hear your passion in that and your um, your desire to be part of a ministry like this. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. Yes, okay. yes.
1: And here's the thing. You know, the thing about this ministry, and um, I'm really passionate about this. You know what? Our world is changing, and in a pregnancy center, it isn't like it just started. 40 years ago and it's exactly the same. Because what's happening in our society and to our youth is different. And it continually gets worse and worse and worse as far as what our kids are exposed to, okay? Life today is for our children is a lot different. And we as a pregnancy center are continually, continually needing to keep updated on what's happening, okay? The whole, you know, I'm a boy, but gosh, I feel like a girl today. Okay, so parents and grandparents, what do you do with that? What do you do when you're, seriously, when your little boy comes home from school and says, you know what, Mom, I feel like a girl today. Well, I'm sorry, Johnny, you're a boy. God made you a boy, you're a boy. And you know what, for years, that's what we could say to them. If that question even came up, it didn't used to come up, but even if it did, what Mom and Dad said was enough. But now Johnny says, Well, yeah, but my teacher says that it's okay if I feel like a girl, that I might not really be just a boy. Okay, so do you know what to do with that? That's what's happening. That's what's happening. In Canada, they actually made the law. This is heartbreaking. They actually made the law. If that happens in your household and Johnny wants a dress to wear and you do not provide that, that you can have your children taken away for mental abuse. So there's lots going on out there that, as a pregnancy center, we stay on top of, and we are here to educate everyone. Not only the woman coming in for the pregnancy test, but the parents. You need help. Um, Grandparents, you know, we need to stick to our values. But we're there to help. We're there to help with this kind of information. So please get in touch with us if you are battling this.
0: So you... um what I'm hearing there is that you provide um, a biblical voice in this area that uh, especially a young person might not get anyplace else.
1: Exactly. exactly. Uh, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. We, are, um, we are the um, information on sexuality, on God's design for marriage and sexuality. That's what we teach. We teach that to our clients that come in. We teach that to anyone that wants a class. You are welcome to, to come to us. We're happy to do that.
0: All right. Thank you. Doug, how did you get involved in this ministry a long four months ago?
2: <laughs> yes, it was extensive. Uh, so for me, it's been a long journey getting to this to this point. Um, I'd grown up uh, kind of going to church here and there, but was agnostic. So I thought, yeah, something's there, but not quite sure. Um, but one of the things at that point that for me, looking as an outsider more inside of the church, was a kind of a critical look of saying... You know, you talk about Jesus, but how are you caring for people? You kind of turn the blind eye, and you, you care about people coming to faith, but you don't care. You know, it's, it's come to know Jesus Christ, but sorry you're starving. Um, and so seeing that th- th- there's been, a, thankfully, a change in that, that it's not an either-or, it's a both-and, that because I believe in Jesus Christ, I want you to be fed. And as we read in Matthew's Gospel in 25, you know, how are we seeing people before us of seeing them as we see Christ? So every time we care for someone who's hurting, uh, we we get a glimpse of that kingdom of God to come and and caring for them. So for me, since coming to faith and coming to follow Christ in college, um, I've always had a passion uh, for caring for those who are hurting and for those on the fringes. And um, long story, I'd lived in Scotland for 10 years and um, had been the head chief executive for a nonprofit in Edinburgh um, and uh, loved that and, and, and been part of a work of caring for those who are who are hurting, and when we moved back to the States had been really praying to God, saying, what am I supposed to be doing? God, where are you you calling me to care um, for here and at this place and to be faithful right now? And um, so I had actually been, the church that I was involved with, we had regularly been sending people to hope. So when someone would come in, um, we actually didn't, our church decided that all of our funds were going to be going towards hope. I'm not suggesting that, I'm just saying that's what ours did, uh, for those who were in need of food and health care and, and for um, help with bills and everything else. Um, and so we were constantly working with Hope at that time. And and uh, so they invited me through that process to um, be on the board. And before I got to that stage, they asked me to, to come on and, and to lead them. Um, and at that point, I was kind of thinking, ah, no way, this is, you know, think of this, this ministry and this task. And um, so really just through prayer of saying, no, God, this is this is where I'm called um, for such a time as this and in this place and to share the kingdom of God, the furthering of the kingdom. And I, I think I'm, if I either said this, if I'm repeating myself at this hour, i said before though that, you know, I, I, I see hope as a pocket of the kingdom of God so that every time that someone is healed we get a glimpse of what the future kingdom of God, the the kingdom of God in all its fullness, what that will look like. So every time a tear is wiped away, we get a glimpse of what that kingdom will look like. Every time someone has hope in the midst of hardship and hurting, we get a glimpse of what the kingdom in all its fullness looks like. So it's that that wee little pocket right now that we see. And and so I see it as a privilege of being part of a pocket of the kingdom of God right here.
0: Amen. And last question for both of you is uh, how can these people become involved in your ministries? Um, there's, the, the church does support you financially, which means that offerings, a portion of that does go to your ministries as well as other mission partners. And uh, Peggy, the, uh, the baby bottle campaign that we, we do and, and support in that way, along with the banquet, I've been to that a number of times. Um, but, but uh, otherwise, how, how are there ways that that? Uh, let's start with hope again. How how can we become involved in hope?
2: Well, first, again, just to say thank you for your your financial support. Um, it really does make a difference. For every dollar that's given to Hope, that's actually multiplied to five when you put in all the donated materials. We had a woman after the first service who was able to help us with more pharmaceutical uh, help. Uh, we get about a half a million dollars donated in, in pharmaceuticals still nowhere near enough. Um, so Lois, who's here in the church, I think a long time member, uh, she's a volunteer in our Westland Clinic every week. Um, and she is great. She's like a pit bull going after, trying to get help for, uh, through insurance. And, and see, I see some heads nodding, so you know that she's really able to, to do that. And it makes all the difference because she's compassionate with the patient okay. and able then to be an advocate on that person's behalf. And that's what we need. So if you're a medical professional and you feel called to serve in this way, come along. Um, if you're not a medical professional and you want some fresh fruits, and ve- no, so if you want to help with delivering fresh <laughs> fruits and vegetables, um, the weekend meals, uh, we're looking for people to help with communication, with IT, with, um, there's so many different ways that you can get involved. Um, there's a list on our website, but there's three simple ways. Um, if you want to fill this out after the service at our, at our table there, um, the first thing we're asking is for people to pray. Um, that's at the core of who we are. Um, whether you're praying at home or you want to come and pray with um, patients and clients when they come in, Uh, not a lot of us rub elbows with the people that Jesus called the least of these. Come and do that at Hope. And sit and listen. See them for who they are and pray with them. Um, so you either pray there at, at Westland or in Ipsy. Uh, the second thing you can do is, as I mentioned, even sign up and volunteer in different capacities. And the third is we're, we're looking for people. Our, our hope in 2018 is to get as many people as we can to sign up to give every month 33 bucks. That's a patient. Now, sometimes we think about 33 bucks. That's a lot. Okay, think how much we spend on Starbucks. or going out to eat each month or the various things like that, which are all great things, blessings, as you talked about before. Um, but to have one person, if we have been given that, um, if we have been blessed, how are we a blessing? So when you think about your, what you're paying in your copay when you go to your physician or your dentist, um, how can you make that possible for someone else? So if you sign up for that, we'd be happy to, uh, to listen to how you might feel called.
0: Very good. Thank you. Peggy.
1: So um, there's a variety of ways to volunteer at the center. Um, One of them is through our events. Um, If you're interested in helping once a year, we do uh, our race in the spring, it's May 12th, and then our banquet is in October. So there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes, um, helping with registration, helping with parking, those types of things, Um, a, a water table, those kind of things at our race would be really helpful. Um, if you are sitting here and you have th- said to yourself for the last two years, this is the way a lot of volunteers come, I keep meaning to go up there. And gosh, I just I just forget. I just forget. Um, you're not alone. That's the way most of the volunteers come. They've been thinking about it for several years before they actually give us a call. We do a monthly orientation um, the second Tuesday of every month and you can come in, there's no obligation. You can sit through the orientation, you learn more about our ministry, about the different ways that you can volunteer, and at that point, if you're interested in volunteering, um, we go on to the next step. Um, But to give you a couple of ideas, one is if you feel that God is kinda nudging you a little bit to sit across from a woman who uh, has had an abortion, or might be thinking about an abortion, then we want to talk about um, a counselor. Uh, if you have a heart for teaching, I know Brenda uh, stilly is one of our instructors, has been for years, uh, then maybe one of our instructors in one of our classes, we provide the information for you and you can instruct them once a month. That's a once a month uh, commitment. Um, if you're a man sitting here and you really have a heart to be there for men, mentor them, help them, um, some of these you know they don't have they don't have someone that has taught them how to be a dad what's that all about, and what God has taught them to be a dad if you're interested in maybe teaching a co-ed class to bring the the two parents together that's another way that you can volunteer so um, it doesn't matter that you have once a week availability if you just have the heart if you pray about it, you have the heart to get involved. Uh, give us a call. I have um, cards and literature on the table. You can give us a call and we'll connect you. We'll be in prayer about that and we will place you where God has called you to to work in our ministry.
0: Thank you. And uh, let's give these two a round of applause as thank you for being here. And would you please rise as we pray together as well? Lord, we, we lift these people up to you, Lord, right now, and we thank you for the work that they're doing, the kingdom work, Lord, that they are really going to great lengths to share you with this world, Lord, to share the blessing that you have, Lord, for them. Lord, we thank you for them. We pray that you would bless them, that you'd give them the resources that they need, Lord God, that you would multiply their labors, Lord, that you would encourage them that by showing them the fruits of their labors. Lord God, we lift them up to you now and trust them to your care. In Jesus' name, amen. And let's pray that prayer that our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You can go back now. Thank you very much. Yeah. And now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you the peace that can only come from his presence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let's worship our Lord together.